This is the Life Truth Network. Discussing Jesus with his newfound friends, he finds himself short of paper. This is all too amazing. I need time to think this over. I didn't realize the extent of Jesus' ministry and healing. We're only getting started. Zephaniah has more to tell you about the apostles. We were all still students back then, and only the closest were called the sent out ones, or the apostles. You remember this, don't you, Tiberius? It was on the lake of Gennesaret. Oh, yes, the day the master called Simon, James, and John off the lake. Wait, 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 wait. I need more paper. This is going to be good. Now that he has hit the markets, Luke is ready to listen to some amazing stories of Jesus. I made it back with as much paper and ink as I could manage to find at this late hour. I tell you, I'm tired. <laughs> Look at you. I'd say you had enough to copy the entire set of the scrolls of the law and the prophets. While you were out, Tiberius and I were discussing where each of us were at the time that the Master had called his first disciples. Though I tried to follow John the Immerser when I had the chance, I was still under apprenticeship to old Jonas, mending the nets, rowing across the lake, and taking care of the grunt work for the fishers. As many of us did in those days, we eagerly sought the Messiah. John's teaching in the wilderness about repentance seemed to be the words of the prophet. It turns out we were both at the river to witness the baptism of Jesus. I couldn't stay. I had to rush back to the lake before sundown and get estimated for the catch the next day. Tiberius and I didn't know each other back then, but after the baptism, I began to notice my good friend Andrew was absent. It wasn't like him to drift away from John and his students, especially after a sermon like the one John gave that day. Oh, hey, wh where'd Andrew go? Back to Gennesaret. Where? To Gennesaret, where Andrew's family had their fishing business. But I thought that was the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> it is, my friend. Genesaret is the old Hebrew name that the local Jewish people call it. The Romans call it Tiberias, but the local Greek people call it Galilee. 
Gennesaret. I like it. It was after the healing that Jesus had been doing. I was still near the lake and looking for Andrew. And I was working the nets. And let me tell you, it was one long night of hard work. And nothing to show for it the next morning. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked them to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And let me tell you, my 15-year-old self had plenty of choice words for those guys. Walking out of the job, leaving his hired hand to deal with those boats alone. All those nets to mend. But it sounds like you made plenty of money on all the fish. Well, there was that. Young apprentices don't usually get to share in the profits of a catch. You just work for your wage. But with Simon, James, and John walking away, well, it was about then the old Jonas and Zebedee began to let some of us, who proved to be top workers, in on the family business. I see. I suppose they were getting too old to keep the business going when their sons walked away. Exactly. After calling those first disciples, the master began going from town to town in the area to preach and to heal people. While he was in one of those cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, yes you will. You can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, 
and he charged him to tell no one. Tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest, and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Was this normal for Jesus? Healing so many people? All the time? Even on my busiest day as a doctor, I can't imagine treating more than a few dozen patients. The master not only treated them, he healed them. When I stop to think about my hardest days on the lake, endless hours mending nets, straining every muscle to save an overloaded sinking boat, or just the work of rowing hard to survive rough storms, it doesn't compare to the hours the Master put in to heal all those people. When did he ever find time to rest? I can tell you, it was difficult enough just to break away from the endless crowd, but sometimes it could get worse. The master had gotten the attention of religious leaders from all over the nation. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with him and behold some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd of people they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus and when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier? To say, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately... He rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, What did you say? We have seen things today. What's the matter, Luke, my friend? You look like you have a question or need something. <laughs> Don't tell me you need more paper. Or does it have to do with the question about this lame man? It wasn't on the Sabbath. However, they were a little upset over Jesus' claim that his sins were forgiven. It was because of the faith of the man, right? Or was it because of the faith of his friends as well? Besides, what's the big deal over forgiving sins anyway? 
And don't you see? If a man suffers because he sinned, who has he sinned against? The injury could come either at the hand of man or from God. Yes, but whether the injury was inflicted by a man or by God, who has the authority and ability to forgive the sin and restore the body? Ultimately, all sins are against God. Even if the man who was wronged forgave a sin done to him, he would be powerless to take away the consequence. But God has that power to both forgive and to heal. For Jesus to make the claim that the injury of the paralyzed man was linked to sin and that his faith had brought him to forgiveness, that meant Jesus claimed to have God's authority. And that upset the Pharisees. And it would only get worse. For example, let me tell you about Levi and how the master called him. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? And of course, Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John fast often and offer prayers. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new, for he says, the old is good. Jesus sure put them in their place, didn't he, Tiberius? Tiberius? Now how could our big, strong fisher fall asleep through a story like that one? <laughs> I'm sure it isn't the interest in the story as much as it is due to the late hour. Oh my! How did it get so dark so quickly? Let's all take a break and, and get a fresh start in the morning. <laughs> morning. Quick. Get, get the boats in the water. Man the nets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, where am I? What did I miss? Yes, what, what? Hmm? 
Ah, very good. And the evening is nigh upon us and there is nothing left to say. Presented by the Protectorate Players. Luke Nathan Caldwell. Hosea, also known as Tiberius the Fisher, Keith Helpsley. Crowd voices supplied by Lillian Rachel and Ben Reinhardt. Pharisee Jerry Kakik. Zephaniah John Steinklopper. Simon James Kennison. And Jesus J.D. Sutter. Music provided by permission. Forgotten Sounds. Middle East. The presentation of Protectors of the Book and HPN. Life-Truth.com Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Let's try one more without the plane flying overhead, just in case the mic's picking that up. For Jesus to make the claim that the injury of the paralyzed man was linked to sin and that his faith had brought him to forgiveness, uh, then it meant Jesus claimed. Sorry, let me start that over. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you? My goodness. But God has the power to... Wait, I wonder how you pronounce Jerry's last name. I better ask Nathan. We'll see him in text. Um, does the C-H on the end of his name get pronounced as S-H, C-H, or C-K. My voiceover pronounces it as C-K. What? What, what do you mean, okay? Jerry, cock, oh, okay. And that doesn't sound right. Maybe this, I'll go with the C-K. Those who are well have no need of a... <laughs> okay, I think that's everything. Thanks again for letting me be a part of this. Bye. Scripture content has been recorded using the ESV Bible.